Hi, everybody. I'm Stevie, and this is my podcast, Personal Space. On this show, you can expect to hear me and a guest share stories and talk about our personal endeavors. You'll hear interviews with entrepreneurs, artists, and really anyone putting themselves out there. I created this podcast in an effort to surround myself with folks who are doing fun and interesting things. My hope is that by getting up in their personal space, we, you, the listener, and I, the host, can glean some wisdom and be inspired. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. We're in today with Barrett Anderson. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Barrett is the founder and creator of Threadbare Candle Company. Um, We also happen to live together, and she's an all-around fun, creative, entrepreneurial woman. Yes. So I like to start every interview off with an icebreaker, and this could be anything you want. I'll start us off with a story that, you know, makes me laugh, probably just to keep from crying. And it kind of just makes me wonder, is this real life, or is it, like, all a big joke? Let me preface the story with I'm Hispanic. Ethnically, I'm Mexican, and I'm third generation. I don't speak Spanish. I grew up in a bakery, pretty fair-skinned, and I'm pretty racially ambiguous. Anyway, so I'm at work, and I walk into the break room, and I'm I'm there to empty out and wash a cup. And the kitchen has in two sinks. And when I walk in, the facilities guy is, is cleaning the first sink, so I walk to the next sink. And before I can even remove the lid from my cup, the guy looks at me and just says, are you Mexican? And I hesitate because I'm not really sure if he is talking to me because who ever starts a conversation with, what's your ethnicity? (laughs) So, like, he didn't even say hello, good morning, good afternoon. Anyway, again, I've never said a word to this guy. I, like, have maybe nodded my head good morning uh, as we pass each other in the hallway. And so eventually I just say, yes, because we're the only two people in the kitchen. Yes, I am Mexican. And without skipping a beat, he's like, well, what part of Mexico are you from? And I know he's not asking, like, where I'm from. So I'm just like, I don't know. My grandpa came here when he was a young man. And no, I don't speak Spanish because that's usually the next question. I'm just, I'm... The story is mostly about how are you going to start a conversation with, are you Mexican? Um, But anyway, I was repeating the story to a friend and she was so appalled. Like, he just said, are you Mexican? Like, he just right went for it. Are you Mexican? And I was like, of course I'm Mexican. (laughs) Have you slept in, (laughs) have you slept in a twin bed with another human being and two pit bulls? (laughs) Yes. Yes. That is like all the credentials I ever need to be Mexican. Um. Just kidding. Uh, That's not true. There are lots of other reasons you can be Mexican, like being Mexican, for instance. From Anyway, that's my story. Do you have any stories like that or anything similar that's just absolutely ridiculous? Well, I was thinking about the kind of theme for your podcast about how uh, everything's funny, especially when it hurts. Um, And that kind of got me thinking about memories of literal pain that are also funny um so I should preface this story um with uh I worked at a bakery for years and um one of our things was that we gave free slices of bread to anybody who came in and wanted to try it so basically my job was to slice bread and hand it to people 
Um, and this was, this was years ago, but I was, um, living with my parents and it was kind of late at night and I was in the kitchen making myself a snack and I was slicing, um, like a baguette or something, um, towards my hand, which, um, for anybody who's ever like held a knife before, that's like not the correct way to cut anything like towards yourself. Um, so I had the serrated bread knife and I'm cutting it and, um, you know, wouldn't you be surprised? I sliced my hand wide open. Um, I'm a really squeamish person and my mother's a nurse. And it's so funny because my brothers and I, we are all like total wimps, like anything gory or the sight of blood. You think that like being regaled with stories of like disgusting, bloody messes at dinner every night since childhood would have like toughened us up a little bit, but, um, it didn't. So anyways, um, I, I look and I see it's like, you know, I see a glimpse of the inside of my hand and I promptly just like lose my shit. Am I allowed to swear? That's fine. Okay. Um, and so I'm like, mom, 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 cut my hand open, cut my hand open. She's in the, in the, in the living room watching TV. Um, and I should note too, that there's two types of nurses in the world. So there's nurses that like, um, are really empathetic and like react accordingly to um, like scary medical situations or even like overreact. And then there's nurses who kind of like don't have any of that left in them and (laughs) (laughs) um, just like nothing freaks them out. Basically, I think what was our phrase growing up? If you can't stop the bleeding with your fist, then you don't have to go to the hospital. (laughs) So, um, you know, I'm just like, freaking out, um, thinking this is the end. I'm going to faint on the floor and like hit my head and it's going to be over. Um, and so my mom comes, you know, she comes in the kitchen. She's like, what? And I'm like, you don't under, this is an emergency. I cut my hand open and she, you know, comes up and looks at it and, you know, not like gently looks at it. She grabs my hand and basically opens the cut wide open and looks at it. And she goes, yeah, you clean that up pretty good. You know, you're probably gonna have to go get stitches tomorrow. And then she kind of rearranges her bathrobe and shuffles back into the living room and resumes watching TV. Tomorrow stitches? Tomorrow stitches. <laughs> yeah. Which, um, by the way, I, I went, um, I drove myself there. And uh, I think I was still even seeing a pediatrician at the time. <laughs> but I drove myself to my pediatrician and got stitches in my hand. Oh, mothers. <laughs> Mother nurses. <laughs> And, you know, it's funny because whenever I bring it up now, she's just like, you know, but you're tougher now, aren't you? And I'm like, you know, I don't know. I'm pretty sure that I almost fainted the last time that I had my blood drawn. But but I can drive myself to my pediatrician. One-handed. Get... <laughs> yep. Oh, man. That's great. Stories of literal pain that are now funny. That are now funny. Oh, man. I have... Yeah, I could probably go into some stuff about bleeding where I walked to my mom and she was just kind of like, put some pressure on it. <laughs> it's not a nurse. Yeah, there's like, no, there's literally no gray area. It's either you have zero reaction and it's not a big deal or it's the end of the world. I mean, I remember one time I like, um, I was on vacation with like a friend's family and I like cut myself and her dad's like a total hypochondriac and he was like, do your lymph nodes hurt? Because, like, when you're, like, really – when you have a really bad infection, like, your lymph nodes get swollen. But I had this, like, small, slightly infected cut, like, on my foot or something, and he was like, do your lymph nodes hurt? And it's I was travel. like, no. That's <laughs> no. fine. Look, my mom raised me. I've driven myself to the pediatrician to get a 
to get my hand stitched. I'll walk it off, Mike. It's fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> Mike. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's a great story, and uh, that was really fun. And your mom always, always makes me laugh. Yeah, you know, it's funny because a lot of the great stories that I have, um, are, like, she's, like, the genesis of those in some way. So I don't know whether I should thank her or, like, go see a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, hey, great stories. Um that were once painful that are now funny or have always been painful and <laughs> have always been funny um, oftentimes involve our parents. Um, and <laughs> that's kind of like life and that's why we are who we are and we're tough because of it. I don't know. So let's get into talking about Threadbare Candle Co. Uh-huh. And um, and why why you started making candles and basically why and and what you plan to do with it. Great, great. Um, so I started uh, making candles about eight months ago. And, um, you know, I've always been a creative person. Um, creative outlets have always been really necessary and helpful for me. Um, I was a musician for many years and have always kind of had hobbies. And... Uh, about two years ago, I got my first, you know, real job in my field, you know, salary, health insurance, you know, the whole deal. And it's in the nonprofit sector, which um, I love. I totally love my job. And um, since it was kind of my first, like, time as a professional, I got totally obsessed and I think it's especially easy to do in the nonprofit sector where you are like really committed to uh, not only your job but to like a cause and so um, 2014 ended and I kind of woke up one morning and realized that I didn't have anything outside of work that I liked to do besides like drinking um, and like eating but I, you know, I just one day I was like, you know, I've always been a hobby person and I don't have any hobbies right now. And it made me feel really sad. And so um, this was an idea that I'd, I'd had for a while. I'd kind of made a few candles as gifts. And um, with the Threadbare candles, I create them in vintage glassware and other containers um, that I find or purchase, um, you know, at uh, thrift stores, garage sales. Um, I just have always collected vintage glassware. And so I had made a few kind of as gifts for people, and they really liked them. And so I figured, you know, I'm going to give this a shot. And I had had um, an Etsy store for a while before in college um, selling other stuff that I'd made. And so it wasn't something I was totally unfamiliar with. So that's kind of how I got started. Um, and so I love creating things, and I love the fact that um, what I make um, has a story. So um, it's kind of, for me, and this is funny because I always, I've realized, because people are like, oh, like, why did you start making candles? Because that seems like such a random thing to start just doing. Um, and it's always such like a more involved kind of 
heavier answer than what I intend to give. Where I'm like, well, I woke up one day and realized that work was my entire life. And I was super unhappy about that. At 23. <laughs> yeah. So I started making candles. Um, but that is, that's part of the truth in it. <laughs> I think there's something to be said about that, too. I mean, you're early on in your professional career. You're working this nine to five office job, which no one warns you is so mundane. You wake up, you work, you hustle, you come home and repeat five times. I mean, suddenly you've gone from being a college student with a flexible schedule where you can be creative and you have all these outlets that weren't just eating and drinking with friends. And then you enter the workforce where you essentially become a stormtrooper, like just doing what you're commanded to do. You're just like one of many. You're clocking in, you're clocking out. Anyway, like yeah. that's not to say that your job isn't fulfilling. I, I just mean it's it's not quite enough, especially when it's such a drastic lifestyle change that I don't think we're adequately prepared for emotionally. It's also really interesting to be so young in the workplace. I mean, it's such a strange thing to enter into. Yeah, well, because no one's going to tell you to like rein it back. No one's going to tell you like you're working too hard or like you're too, you know, add some diversity to your life. So, um, I mean, I'm like really happy about the fact that it took, you know, that it, you know, it wasn't me like waking up as like a 30 year old and being like, oh, this is all I've done, which is fine. Like, I mean, I, like I said, I really, I really do love my job, but I think that part of it too was realizing that there, um, there was growth that was happening, um, through my career, but there were also things that I wanted to achieve personally that I wasn't getting from work. And so I have found that Threadbare Candle Company and the work that I'm doing with it has really triggered a lot of growth in ways that I wasn't expecting that I'm really happy about. So that's another aspect of that too, is, um, you know, having something outside of um, what I spend most of my time on, which is work that I feel is like fulfilling and good for me. Um, you know, it's nice to know that I can have like a super shitty day at work and feel, you know, unproductive or however, but also knowing that there's something else that I'm doing, maybe even on that same day that is productive and is something that I'm proud of. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Okay, yeah, the fact that you can so eloquently extract that from your experience is amazing. Uh, at the end there, you talked about your work being not only productive, but also something you're proud of. Can we talk about that? You having something to come home to, to work on, and it being something you're proud of, like personally? I entered the workforce after college, and for a while I wasn't like doing anything to keep myself creative. Like, while I wouldn't have considered myself, like, a hobby person, I had always seen myself as creative in, in some aspect of my life. But, like, the creativity was, like, structured into my education. And since I've been on this, like, 9-to-5 office grind, I haven't really found anything outside of work to keep me going creatively. And I, I sought out socializing as a way to fill that need, not really understanding what that need was. And it didn't really fulfill that part of me that needed fulfilling, much less... Did it produce something that I can say that I'm proud of? Anyway, I hear you talk about this hobby that you took up in order to pick yourself up emotionally and how you transformed it into a business, like making you an entrepreneur. And, you know, I've lived with you for a while now, so I've seen that transition and it's it's so inspiring. Like, I don't know, like, how do you do it? You know, teach me your ways. No, no. Um, I, I will say that 
um, this like pride or like sense of, um, yeah, the sense of pride is like really recent um, because I am a huge self-limiter and I think that that's um, something that I'm unlearning kind of through this. And, um, you know, I feel like also I'm lucky enough to be surrounded by a lot of creative people and entrepreneurs, um, you know, my boyfriend among them. Um, and so I think that that's also given me a lot of perspective where I, you know, initially saw other folks doing things like starting businesses or starting projects and, you know, being excited for them, but also feeling suspicious in a way where it's like, well, like I would never do something like that because that's like totally, that like freaks me out, just the mere thought of it. So um, it's only been like really recently that I've started to feel like kind of ownership over what I'm doing, um, even in the midst of other people telling me like, why don't you talk about it more? Or like, you know, saying, oh, that's, like, so great what you're doing, and I'm like, yeah, I guess, and they just kind of look at me like, what kind of response is that, you know, people close to me and people that I'm kind of strangers with, and I just, like, um, it's just so funny, like, a coworker um, who just started a couple months ago was, like, chastising me the other week because someone had mentioned to him, like, oh, yeah, Barry makes candles, like, you should, you know, if you're looking for gifts, you should hit her up, and he comes up to my desk, and he's like, why haven't you told me as if it's like this huge, like big betrayal, you know? And I'm like, I, you know, but I didn't have a good answer. I'm like, okay, what? Like I'm embarrassed. Like, um, I feel like somehow like it's weird for me to talk about side gigs at work in the workplace, which is just, you know, probably an unrealistic apprehension. Um, but yeah, he was like, you know, I could have been like, promoting you you know I could have like bought your candle like a month ago and like been like telling everybody about it and I was just like that's so interesting that that's like the first thing that you say to me is like basically I wish I'd known sooner so I could be supporting you yeah and like he was saying it in in kind of a like a jokey way but like he meant it and so I was just like man like clearly like I'm the only person I'm the person who buys into what I'm doing the least out of everybody around me, even people who don't even know me that well, which is so funny. I just want to point out that my dad looks over at me. As you say, I'm the person who buys in the least into what I'm doing. He looks like just big nod, big nod. It's totally true, though. So and this is the kind of stuff that like I I didn't learn in college and I didn't learn about myself necessarily through my career job so um yeah so it's funny so it's like I make candles and I'm having this like really like honestly kind of intense like season of kind of growth and like self-actualization and stuff um just because I decided I needed a hobby one day that's awesome I love that I love that you're able to take a step back and acknowledge that you're experiencing a season of growth intense growth at that that sort of self-awareness is really refreshing and and honestly I I hear you especially from the point of view of being the person who buys into what I'm doing the least I mean my experience is totally different this podcast you know being in the studio for the first time is is really the first time I've taken a step towards something I've always wanted to do. Like since I was in college, I wanted to start this YouTube channel and I didn't 
have anything to say. I just just wanted to tell funny stories like the time a guy asked me if I was Mexican. <laughs> I mean, I mean, basically, and this is going to sound terrible as I wanted to hear myself talk. Um, but I also wanted to do this. I, I always thought it'd be cool to just sit and talk to people who are doing cool things. And I've told you this before, but I think there is Threadbare Candle Co. and, and seeing you like work on your craft or just your hobby and turning it into something else that made me go okay like if Barrett can do this just like hanging out at home making candles at home um while watching Scandal then then I can like take a Saturday out of the week um here and there and get into the studio which is something that like honestly not everyone has access to the fact that I have resources (laughs) and access to it's like silly of me not to have done this earlier you know um my boyfriend has this phrase that he uses a lot that I really subscribe to, um, and it goes, uh, we don't have any blaming or shaming, and that applies to ourselves, too. Oh, yeah. Which I really like, because I love to blame and shame myself. <laughs> but I um, I think it's, I, you know, I think it's also, like, trusting the process, too, because um, there's so much that I'm learning, and I'm starting to, like, feel some clarity about kind of where you know what direction I want to take my business in um but in the first few months I was doing it you know I was vending at like really small events that were not really like highly attended but for me that was like a huge step was to like kind of present my work to people um or even I you know I went into a couple boutiques in our neighborhood and was like I make candles um here's like a picture from my iPhone you know please tell me you did that voice too yeah (laughs) I was like, oh, it's like making candles. You know, and then when they were like, oh, yeah, send me an email, I would feel like really disappointed. Um, And I was like, oh, no one will ever want my candles. Um, So, you know, it's definitely been a process with like, you know, disappointments. But I think through all of it, I think, you know, um, my harshest critic is definitely myself. So I'm like, well, if I can like take that away. Like, what else can I do with it? That's kind of an exciting thought. Definitely. Yes. I'm just sitting here nodding like, yes, yes, all of those things. I get them. I feel them. You know, we all have our own process and our own timeline. (laughs) And, you know, that's something we've talked about, too, is that just because someone is reaching a different point in their process has no bearing on your work or your journey. And and like you said, we just have to trust the process and let it be exciting. You were talking earlier about your coworker basically expressing a desire to, you know, support you. And it reminded me uh, about telling someone this week about coming into the studio last week to record what would could be the first episode of this podcast. Um, mind you, this woman is someone who knows me well and has seen me sort of like wage a war against my myself and my desires to fulfill that creative need. So as I'm telling her, I was in the studio recording a podcast and telling her some of the funny things that happened. I noticed she's like smiling at what I'm saying. And she looked genuinely happy and excited for me. And and she was asking me, are, are you excited? And I immediately froze up and I was just like, uh, I don't know that excited is the word I would use. That's kind of a, lo- a loaded word. 
So, you know, it was fun. It was fun. You know, I can say that at the very least. And I was just so scared to just be like, yes, it's exciting. And, and it's okay to be excited um, because this is a new venture. Um, do you ever feel that sort of nervousness regarding Threadbare? Yeah, I think because when people have strong reactions to something that you're doing, um, sometimes we can mistake that as expectation. So you think like, oh, if I let this person feel excited about what I'm doing, that means that I have to like produce this incredible groundbreaking podcast like the very first time I ever stepped foot in a recording studio and put the headphones on. Which is totally untrue because, like, you know, people just want to feel excited for you. Yeah. And, and they, people want to support you. And I got that. And I I got that from her. It was like, oh, you're just excited for me. This is such a strange thing. And it's not strange. And it's totally – and I just have just a hard time, like, accepting that. But, like, um, yeah, it's really exciting to know. At, and it's really comforting, honestly, to know that, like, there are other people who have a hard time, like, accepting other people's excitement for them um you know accepting that people want to buy their products even from australia what barrett just sent out her first international candle i did it was terrifying i got all the bubble wrap i could get my hands on (laughs) and that was really exciting um, cause people want to support her cause it's really cool. Yeah. And that's been another thing too, is I, um, I've just kind of started to accept the fact that like, if, if this business is going to grow and like succeed, um, I have to be okay with people around me that I know supporting me financially, you know? So it's like when someone, bu- you know, when a friend buys something from me, I'm like weirdly, embarrassed almost or like humbled like oh like you didn't have to do that and I'm like wait no like you know I'm selling like $15 candles that I've like put a lot of work into and people may possibly respect that and even like the things that I create just as um products so just kind of having that, you know, it's it's not um, kind of almost letting like my products and kind of what I do be like separate from me. Yeah. So it's OK to. Yeah, it's OK to let that be separate. Um, yeah. And that's kind of allowed me to let other people support me in ways that I was previously really uncomfortable with. That makes sense. Even even with starting this podcast and like last week we were sitting there and we're like we're listening to everything and we're trying to edit certain things out and I kept going let's edit that out let's let it that out and my dad would just be like it's funny you should leave it in there and I'm like oh okay and it's like oh 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 it doesn't have to be like this precise and pristine and like really clean cut and this really beautiful thing it's 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 okay when I fumble over my words and I mean maybe not for forever but it's okay when I like laugh at my own joke (laughs) um and then and and these these ways that like the product that I'm putting out will essentially will be not me like it will have to be separate from me and I will have to accept that like it might not be for everyone. Not everyone's going to listen to this being like, yes, this is what I want to listen to all day. Like, and that's totally fine. That's totally okay. Um, 
And I just have to go, okay, this is a separate product. <laughs> this is something I'm doing. It's not my entire being. It's not who I am. It's just something I'm doing and it's something I'm putting out there. And that's really, that's really cool. Yeah, it's liberating. Um, and by the same token, knowing that you can still personally get something out of it while it's separate from you is like yeah. super cool. That's like a really cool idea. And, you know, for me, it's like a, it's like really cool for me to be here with you. It's like an honor, you know, like I'm excited. I think it's really awesome. So there's definitely people like outside of you and outside of anybody who's creating anything or embarking on any kind of project, you know, that pretty much everybody has a support system of some kind. And that's important yeah. to remember. Well, I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad I get to see the process of making candles. In fact, I'm glad I got to take some promo pictures behind the scenes, making of. Um, last week, uh, when Felicia was in the studio, she was like, oh, Stevie takes pictures, and she mentioned that. And I looked at her, I was like, I'm really glad you yeah. said that. I'm really glad you didn't call me a photographer. And she was like, she thought I was being passive aggressive. And I was like, no, I just don't like to call myself something that I'm not, <laughs> when really... I am. I take pictures and I can call myself a photographer. And there are people out there who have inquired about me taking pictures for them like they would inquire a photographer. And it's just something like, okay, cool. I have to take that on and know that it's separate from who I am and I'm not claiming some sort of royal. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying I'm the queen mm -hmm. of England. Like I, It's okay. It's okay to say you're a photographer. When someone comes up and says, can I give you some money? so that and you can I take photos don't of me, give me money. You're like gonna, identity you're gonna them. but like um no I'll take money yeah um so so it's nice to know that there are people who just want to support you and doing what you doing what you do and um I think part of <laughs> I mean why I even brought you in here is because I'm just fascinated by like yeah what you do and how you do it and then also because you're just really articulate and I always feel like I learn something when I talk to you and I'm just like, yes, this is these are like life giving conversations. Um, so why not record them and and have other people listen to them? So how can we um, support you? How can we support you? Where can we find you on social media if that is a way you want to be supported or online or just in general? I have a few social media accounts. So the primary one that I'm most active on is my Instagram. So it's at Threadbare Candle Co. on Instagram. Um, and on there, you can find photos of my work, um, photos that you've taken of the creative process and other uh, miscellaneous things. And that also has a link to my Etsy page, which is uh, threadbarecandleco.etsy.com. I also have a Facebook page by the same name. So uh, any likes, follows, shares, uh, especially since it's the holidays, um, I'm hoping to keep busy um, and just keep, you know, creating and sending out orders. So if anybody is looking to purchase some unique gifts for this holiday season, I'm your girl. Awesome. And we'll subscribe and follow and buy all the candles uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram or Twitter, my handle is at I am Stevie Ray. And if you want to follow our sound engineer extraordinaire, you can follow him at Dave Dominguez33. And on Twitter and Instagram for, for cool pictures and studio updates. Yep, 
And thanks to Buffalo Recording for letting us record in your studio. It's been awesome. Thank you. And thank you, Barrett, for coming into the studio and hanging out with me and talking about your candle company, Threadbare Candle Company. Again, go follow, like, subscribe, all of the above, especially definitely buy, buy candles. They're great.